Welcome to this week in Spark Aling Water. This week in Sparkling Water. My name is Joachim Eriksson, and I'm the host of This Week in uh, Spark Aling Water. How's everyone doing? I'm feeling so fucking enlightened today. Come at me, bro. Come at me, dude. I'm fucking enlightened, dude. Bioluminescence. I'm, I'm, dude, my soul is iridescent today because I woke up so enlightened. I think we're going to start with the water today because I haven't had a whole lot of caffeine and these are caffeinated and we're going to just let it rip. Uh, we're doing something weird today. We're going outside of our comfort zone. Comfort zone with an S. I think, should I develop more of a Swedish accent? Swedes don't say Z, the letter Z. We don't have that sound. Anyway, <clears throat> our original mission statement is about sparkling water being watery, and that's why soda isn't sparkling water. But today we're actually reviewing some Coca-Cola and Pepsi products because they're weird and they deserve to be reviewed on a podcast, and they are sparkling, so let's do it. Coca-Cola with coffee. Haven't you wondered about this? If you're a grown-up like me... Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Just a bucket full of ice water and cans. Blessings, man. Blessings on blessings. If you're like me, a grown-up, you haven't consumed this because it's Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola is for children. But at the same time, you're a grown-up and grown-ups like coffee. So when they do Coca-Cola with coffee, first of all, I don't know. Is there a little bit of coffee bean in it, maybe? Let's try it. So that mostly smells like Coca-Cola. Smelling Coca-Cola <laughs> makes me feel like I'm from a different planet. Like no one ever smells Coca-Cola and everyone has had Coca-Cola. So smelling it is a little bit like you're a Fritzl basement baby that has never been out in the sunlight and you've never experienced normal things that everyone has experienced. Wow. What is going on there? It's so much like Coca-Cola. Oh, I actually really like this. That's really cool because they take Coca-Cola flavor and they really just nudge it. They just it's just a it's just a nudge with like a really sort of it has like a puffy quality. Yeah, that's really nice. That's like an 8 out of 10 and it's actually surprisingly hard to pin down what's going on there. It's surprisingly difficult to describe and say just have any thoughts about it? I'm having a hard time doing this. I am. I'm having a hard time recording this episode because I am so fucking enlightened. And with the enlightenment comes like a peaceful awareness. And doing this, sitting here and just sort of talking to myself takes a certain amount of unawareness. It takes a certain amount of denial about how this isn't a good idea? Is that true? That's probably not true, though. Because this is just... Ooh, this is hard to pin down. It's this, like, is it embarrassing to do a podcast? You know what I mean? Can I only do it when I'm unaware? When I just put that feeling of embarrassment and put it in a little box and shove it all the way down? If I'm completely at peace and aware, is it impossible to do this? I don't know, man. That's probably not right, because it just is this, you know? Like, I'm not saying 
I am really not forcing anyone to listen to this. Not funny. Not funny. Maybe a laugh. When I, I do have a weird thing where sometimes I laugh. Anxiety makes me laugh. It's a really learned behavior from China where like if someone, you know, it gets caught in an embarrassing situation. If someone is humiliated, they might just start laughing in a way that's really uh, surprising and confusing. And I do think I sort of picked up, picked that up. And like I remember one time recently, I was talking to a subordinate uh, with a co-manager. And the subordinate was sort of like, venting a little bit and describing how one of the bosses had been a little bit dismissive of him and he was a little bit offended. And me and the co-manager are trying to talk him down and explain how we like value him and how everything is like good and he doesn't have anything to worry about and stuff. But when he really started going into how offended he was that one of the managers had been dismissive of him, I just like started laughing a whole lot. And then my co-manager looked at me and was like, don't laugh. And I realized that I didn't even know that I was doing it. And I didn't even, hmm, what is it? What I mean is very different, apparently, from how people hear it. Because what I mean is like, it's just deeply, it's a, it's a really sort of, well, everything is crazy. Bad stuff, or, bad stuff is so crazy. So we just laugh, kind of. Like, that's... That's what I'm putting out. Like, that's what's going on in my heart when I, like, wow, the world is a, is a crazy and bad place, huh? So we laugh. But then people hear it as something very, very different from that. People hear it as me being extremely dismissive. People hear it as me laughing at them, you know? Which, uh, spoiler alert, made it worse. But... <laughs> Now I'm laughing because it's funny. Because it's funny to fuck things up. Fucking things up are, yeah, fuck ups. Fuck ups are funny. Yeah, and then, but because my co-manager is a good guy and said it out loud and was like, don't laugh. Why are you laughing? I That gives me an opportunity to stop laughing and to say out loud what I'm feeling and be like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm laughing because I relate. Joachim trying to do damage control. And that, to me, that's a super fascinating dynamic. Maybe I should drink another water here. So next water is Pepsi. Nitro Pepsi. Draft Cola. Natural flavor. Nitrogen-infused cola. Smaller bubbles. Smoother taste. Maybe draft beverages in a can are trying to emulate the experience of what it is, what something is coming from a tap, from a keg. Because draft and in a can are opposites. So draft cola in a can is an oxymoron. But here we go. Oh, my God. So it's got... Oh, my God. Okay. F it's, it's fizzing over. It's fizzing over. It's fizzing all over the place. Dude, what the hell just happened? It's like a Guinness. Okay, that sucks. Because you drink it and it has a head of stiff foam. Like creamy stiff foam but the soda under that head of foam is completely flat which is terrible okay so that's a three out of ten 
That sucks. It's weird and it's interesting, but it sucks. Anyway, maybe maybe we should drink the last water here. So the last one is Coca-Cola with coffee. Same thing. Great Coca-Cola taste blended with rich, luxurious coffee. <laughs> I can't believe the word luxurious is so silly. Coca-Cola. What a luxurious product. Um, so this is the vanilla version. Now, vanilla, this is going to be just too sweet. But, man, I do like vanilla Coke. That What I'm struggling with a tiny bit here is that I've just had two sodas, basically, and now I'm drinking a third soda. Like, my mouth is so sugar-fatigued. I am not looking forward to this, but I'll have one sip. Oh, that smells more coffee than the last Coca-Cola coffee. Goddamn, that is so delicious, dude. These things are good because it's such a, they, they isolated, you know what it is? They isolated the flavor of coffee that remains if you remove all the bitterness of burnt coffeeness and all the acidity of like fancy, stupid, you know, competition level barista. They just, people, the modern coffee is so sour. It's so bitter. Like the coffee that people think is cool is so bitter and terrible. And they I, they removed all of that and they just, it's just a round bean, just a light brown color bean powder that comes, that has no, that comes from like, I don't know, it's so hard to describe, but it's like just coffee. The thing that's left when you remove all the bad stuff, the part of coffee that you can make a child like. Because all the other flavors are like grown-up flavors. The bitterness and the acidity and, and the darkness. All the the lightest part of it. And then lots of vanilla there. Bro, that is just an absolutely delicious beverage. That's a 9 out of 10. And I will probably never drink it again. Because it contains 70 calories. Which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it is. I don't know. What else was I thinking about? I remember like five episodes ago or something, I was talking about how my brain, as I'm getting older, it's getting stuck in these sort of like simple categories where I think of all the people around me. I I categorize them real simply and I kind of think of everyone as the same. So like Doug at work, I think of him very much like Dave, who I used to live with because this is like an older smart guy who's really funny that I can learn a lot from who's my bro. So it's just, they just have the same, it's, it's just the same archetype in my mind. And then like Katie that I went on some, that is my buddy in Sacramento that I was dating for a little bit. I think of her a lot like the Polly Goth girl in Seattle. And then I, because Katie sort of like, oh, was the, the, the Polly Goth girl was overwritten. You know, like on a computer we overwrite. So it's like, she was like replaced by Katie. So I couldn't even remember her name. And then I just woke up in the middle of the night and I remember her name and her name is Natasha. Her name is Natasha Tomich. So I felt the need to, it felt really disrespectful to not say her name. To just be like, yeah, you know, the, that goth girl who was cool that I was seeing in Seattle and whose name I can't remember. It felt very disrespectful that I couldn't remember her name, but her name is Natasha, okay? Speaking of which, Elsie wanted me to say her name on the podcast. So, hey, Elsie, now I've said your name on the podcast. 
I want to try to do a new thing. It's kind of in life. I want to make a pact with myself that every week it should probably be weekly, and I could probably talk about it on the podcast every week. I want to try to enjoy something that I that isn't normally the stuff I like. Something that's just in a genre that I think of myself as someone who doesn't like, and it's. I always come back to this like Grimes doctrine. Grimes said this in an interview, probably the interview with Lex Friedman, where she describes how she often listens to music that she doesn't like because she's trying to teach her brain some new neural pathways. And it's like based on this just observation about neuroplasticity and how if we don't try, if we don't force ourselves into new stuff, we don't get there. But once we've forced ourselves into it, we develop like this new richness of a, a great new variety of of neural pathways that are just all so open and none of them are too, none of the grooves are too deep because it's really problematic when you, you know, when you listen to the same song for 10 years, it becomes impossible to stop listening to it. Like, and I mean that metaphorically, but like, it's just your your groove and your habit of doing that thing that you always do, that habit gets so ingrained that it becomes even harder to stop, even though you should stop more because it's giving you less. And I'm really, I really want to fight that. I really want to fight that thing where we like do stuff too much because there's too much of how easy it is to keep doing the thing we're doing. And it applies to everything. It applies to how The Walking Dead is a TV show with 12 seasons. Like, hey, hey, guy, make it two seasons. Like, tell me whatever you need to tell me in two seasons. This thing of how I'm just going to keep watching because the deep groove in my mind that enjoys walking, watching The Walking Dead is deep now, so I'll just keep doing it. Or like my social media addiction is deep and powerful. Like none of that, that's not, we should just be trying, or like video games are too long. You play the game, I, there's very, almost no video game where after 25, 30 hours, I'm still experiencing something new with it. That almost never happens. That's just not how they structure the games. They just structure them like they're front loaded, you experience all the cool stuff in the first 10 hours, but then they, put in like an addictive angle so that you'll play it for another 90 hours. And that way it can both look cool. And when you Google it, it can say, yeah, this is a 100 hour game so that you feel good spending 60 bucks on it because it's 100 hours of entertainment. Like that's how they structured it. But really, after the first 10 hours, it's just like, it's just a weird, like unhealthy addiction thing. Very, very few games break that mold. The one game you can think of that breaks that mold is the game Hollow Knight, which is just one of the best games ever. It's like this weird side-scroller where every three or four hours, they just add a button. Like, you just add a new thing you can do. A new thing of how you can sort of, like, in a Spider-Man-like sense, shoot a little bit of web and and fly across space, or you can double jump, or you can like invert yourself, or it just keeps adding these new dynamics that are that really force your brain to to um, learn something new, 
And then once you, as soon as you've learned the new thing and it's been like three, four hours with the new thing, they add one more. So your brain, it, it really feels like your brain is constantly growing and it's a very difficult game and it really feels like a brain exercise like when you're done with it did i finish it i think i did finish it i didn't finish all the difficult side bosses because it's like extremely difficult but when you finish it you really feel like your brain is like lean and powerful and fast and it's like you cannot finish it like you have to be so sober and rested and focused and committed to finish this like the game is so difficult and then it also has this other angle which is so fucking weird um and so such a unique experience that you play it and it's like very very colorless i've said this on the podcast before but it's like worth repeating because it's such an incredible experience where you play it and it's white and black and light blue like that's it it's just there's some blue shades, but it's complete. It's almost completely black and white, and it's like this dreary, very simple, minimalist white, white and black graphic. That's it's beautiful in a very simple, um, illustrated, like hand illustrated kind of way. And then when you've played it for like a long time, like ten hours, like you've spent ten hours in this black and white world, and then you like open a door and you walk into this garden, and it's like lush, full color. And the moment that happens, you realize, because you've completely forgotten, like you're, we can get used to anything, human beings, we can get used to anything. So you haven't realized how you've gotten used to the black and whiteness of it. But the moment they flick the switch and give you color, because they've lowered your tolerance for color, like you are so sensitive to any color because you've been watching this black and white thing and you've been so focused and all it has is like a tiny bit of blue. When they give you the full green and the full red, it's like and a very, very unique brain experience that feels so fucking crazy. What, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was talking about this Grimes thing. But so every week I should, I should, and man, as a listener to this week in podcast in water, 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 I challenge you to also every week enjoy something you don't enjoy just to make your brain grow, just to get some new fucking neural pathways going. So, yeah, I mean, watching The Peacemaker was really an example of that because I, man, now I'm repeating myself because I said this to Maddie already, so... This is, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it and sound, I'm going to sound weak. I'm going to sound weak and embarrassed as I'm saying it because I don't know how to say it again. But I usually, I only listen to rap music and sometimes I watch a movie or a TV show where there's rap music in it and I'm really enjoying it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, what if I was someone who didn't like rap music? Does that mean I can't watch this TV show? Like, isn't that a weird exclusion? Um, and then you watch the TV show, the peacemaker on HBO with where John Cena is sort of like a not cool anti-hero superhero. And, you watch it and it's full of glam metal, fucking Norwegian glam hair metal, hair rock, like where all these people have it. They play entire songs and it's a genre of music that I have never enjoyed, that I do not enjoy, that I 
didn't really learn to enjoy. But I watched all 12 episodes or whatever of the stupid show and I sat through all that music and I got into it enough that something something was softened in my brain. Something, a little whisper of a new path, you know? One of the coolest things in the video game, Death Stranding, that I've gone back to many times, it's like a walking simulator where you just carry packages back and forth over this like green lush uh, area. It's like one of the one of the most subtle things. It's like if you walk the same path over and over and over, the grass will slowly, slowly, slowly recede from there. And it there will be a dirt path there because you walked that path back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and you sort of killed the grass in this one path and that's what the brain is like you know it takes a while like there's so much inertia it takes a while of listening to glam metal before you learn to like it and it takes you know i listen to all rap music but my uncle, I play him rap music, and he's just like, I don't understand what they're saying because he doesn't have the grooves. A related concept that I, that I, um, a feeling I miss that I want to come back to is, is um, one of the most wonderful feelings is discovering new music. Like when, because we're always sort of, I don't know, is this how everyone does it? Like you have Spotify and you listen to your music and then you have a lot of people, you know, you have a lot of music that you've listened to. So sometimes the app will just recommend new music for you because there's a new song by an artist you like. So it like you, you get new stuff in a trickle. It's like there's one new song here and there that you that you like. And it's 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 the feeding tube. It's it's really just a dropper, you know, you, you get you get new entertainment in this like one drop at a time. But then sometimes you just bump into something and you look at it and you look at it closely and you realize that you love it. And then you realize that it's a door and you walk through that door and then this incredible new thing opens up and you realize that there's this entire catalog of stuff that you weren't aware of that you like a lot. And it's this exhilarating big feeling. And it's just one of the best feelings. Like I remember this one time, probably six, seven years ago, I was on YouTube and I just came upon a song by the late rapper XXX Tentacion. And it was so different and it was so good and it was so hard. And then his music, I don't really love his music and I don't really love his most popular songs. But that night when I came upon that first song, I really loved that song. And then that song in a sort of YouTube algorithm connected to all of his saddest, weirdest, minimalistest songs. And all of those ones are so good. And I love them so much. And most of them don't even exist on Spotify because they just like were weird cutting room floor snippets, like minute and a half snippets. Like one of my favorite songs isn't even a song. It's a song by XXX Tentacion called I Spoke to the Devil in Miami and He Told Me Everything Would Be All Right. And it's like a minute and a, minute and a half and it only exists on YouTube and it's so fucking good and it's so fucking weird. But it's really just like, 
sort of a really, really young gangster rapper doing like beat poetry or like, you know, just like poetry slam over a simple piano beat. Like it's barely even a song and it's really sort of emo and embarrassing. But but I remember like finding that and then finding just 30 more songs of his. And it was like 5 a.m. And I and it was so thrilling to discover all this new music that I absolutely couldn't sleep. But it was so thrilling that I didn't even feel bad that it was 5, 5 a.m. and I couldn't sleep. Because it all just felt so good that it was worth it. It was worth the insomnia. And I rarely, it's, I rarely feel that. But I, I did recently feel it again where I, I was watching Rick and Morty and there was this outro song in one of the episodes. And it's the song by Massey Star called Looking Down from the Bridge. And it was just this weirdly beautiful, quiet song. And then I watched the episode and I listened to the song and I enjoyed the song. And then I stopped it mid midway through and I was like, look, I'm enjoying this song so much that I should actually look up what song this is. And I looked it up and it op- and, and and then that opened up this door for me where I realized that there's a genre called dream pop or shoegazing. <laughs> and then I immediately discovered like 30 songs that I really like. From based on the jumping off point of that Massey Star song, and it it again it gave me this like wonderful, just feeling of openness where like a big chunk breaks off. Usually it's like it's like we are the ocean, and and music is like this ice cap, and it like it like breaks off like a tiny bit of snow comes down off of the side and you get to enjoy it. Tiny bit of snow off the side at a time. But then sometimes you hit a big thing and like just a huge ice chunk just in slow-mo breaks off and just crashes down into you. And it's like this incredibly satisfying thing to get so much of it at the same time. And I really wish the algorithm was better at that just giving us the new stuff, just giving us something new because it's like we aren't that complicated. I don't think taste is that complicated. Why isn't the computer better at it? Why is it so hard for the computer to just give me all different kind of weird new music all the time and always give me the song that's the entryway because that's the other thing I always talk about with this, how it's like you you not all songs are the first song you can be listening to. And that, and the most frustrating iteration, the most frustrating manifestation of that is when, and I've experienced this so many stupid times, that you go to a live show, and you hear maybe the opening act or something, or like maybe the main act, whatever, maybe someone brought you, and you don't know them, and you listen to their music in the live show, and you don't enjoy it because you don't know it, and you're not ready for it, and you don't like it. And then like a month later, you hear a song from that band that you saw live that you didn't like. You hear a song and you like it a lot. And then you listen to that song a ton. And then you listen to it so much that now you're ready to listen to more of their catalog. So then you find three more songs from their catalog that you like. And then you listen to those three so much that now you're ready for their entire catalog. So then you listen to the whole catalog. And then now it's four months since you saw them live. And now you realize that now you really want to see them live because now you love their catalog. And it's like, what the fuck is that? Why didn't I just like it the first time around when I saw them live? 
Like I literally experienced this six months ago when I went and saw Kendrick Lamar in Sacramento. Kendrick Lamar was great. It was a little bit overworked. He was a little bit weirder than he should have been. But, you know, maybe that's what I want him to be. Maybe I want him to be a weirdo. Kenny was good, all good. But his opening act was Baby Keem. I show up, I've never heard of Baby Keem. And I tried. I tried to listen to the single. I tried to listen to the song Family Ties because Noah put me onto it. And that's like the single with Baby Keem and Kenny. And I tried to listen to it in the car going to see Kenny and Baby Keem and I didn't like it. And then now it's been six months. And like in the last few weeks... I realized that that song, Family Ties is the name of the single with Kenny and and Baby Keem. That song is fucking incredible. It's got all these beat switches. It's got all these layers. It's got this like incredible intensity to it in in the verse. It's got this like parody of mumblecore where he's just like mumbling so much and saying only expletives. But it's like, it's really smart. It's like a weird inversion of expectation where mumbling and expletive is used smartly because that's usually used by the least smart people but it's it's just family ties is an incredible song and then because i listened so much to family ties i kind of got into one or two other baby keem songs and then now i realized that the album the melodic blue his most recent album which is a double disc. It's a fucking three-hour album. The entire thing is is heat, bro. It's heat. Like, that's him, dude. That album is him. It's so good. And now I've listened to that entire album just front to back over and over and over and over so many times. And now I'm in this new mind state where I'm like, fuck, I really want to see Baby Keem live. And I have, but I didn't enjoy it because I didn't know any of the songs. Like, what is that? Like, why does it work like that? What is it about enjoying art and music that there's like these, there's like these entry points? And if you don't fucking, if it doesn't line, if the entry point doesn't line up properly, I don't know. It's so confusing. Anyway, I think I have to hit the laundromat now, you guys. I think I have to hit the laundromat. I think that has to be the episode. Uh, I I love you guys and and you know if you enjoy the podcast and maybe maybe tell your best friend about the podcast maybe tell your maybe tell tell your fourth best friend about the podcast thank you either way I appreciate you